Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legion of Writers podcast. I have here with me today Miss L. Iyer, who writes some pretty kick-ass novels, if I do say so myself, and I think she might say so too. So, L, welcome, and tell us a little about a little bit about yourself. So, so female, female sci-fi. Yes. So, are they out there in space? Are they planted on a, on some kind of a foundation? Are they in a ship? Are they on land? Where are they? Uh, that would depend on the book. Um, my first novel, Vicious Circle, is set in a completely different universe that apparently originated. You know, the the races originated on Earth, and then they migrated elsewhere. Uh, it's we're calling it space fantasy because it actually crosses over multiple worlds and some of it does take place on starships as well and there's a little magic thrown in um and then the first book in the stormfront series is threadbare and it primarily takes place on both earth and a station on the moon oh nice okay so then you're actually a multi-genre author without even realizing it genres than, than multi I, you know both books are, are romance at their core um, and then science fiction for well I guess more science fiction at their core and romance for the B plot uh, and then as I said Mission Circle does have a little fantasy thrown in but it's still primarily science fiction romance okay so when you say romance are you saying happily ever after or happily for now I always do happily for now because um, I never know if I want to use those characters and write another book I love writing in series so I never want to tie things up too perfectly but uh, definitely happily for now okay alright so let me ask you where do you find the inspiration to write this stuff I, I read a lot I try you know, especially right now I'm reading a ton I read one to two books a week Usually in one of the genre mixes that I write, it's hard to find anything that really matches what I do. I'm actually fairly unique in FF romance. There are not a lot of FF romance science fiction writers out there, although I found a couple. Um, So I read a lot of science fiction, and I read a lot of FF romance, and I read a lot of urban fantasy I also watch a lot of television when I have time that, that matches those genres as well. And then I kind of put it all together and take things where I wish they had gone. Because a lot of times, they don't go where I want them to. Okay. So so basically, you put your own spin on what you wish would have happened. Exactly. Sounds a lot like fan fiction to me. Actually, I started in fan fiction. Did you really? Um, you know, we shopped Vicious Circle as Xena Warrior Princess in Space, where the subtext is the main text. And there's, there's a lot of truth to that. I wrote a lot of fan fiction for Xena. 
before I decided to take it in my own direction and do my own thing with it. I wrote a lot of Ninja Turtle fan fiction, believe it or not, um, and uh, took that wherever I wanted that to go as well. So it, it, uh, it it's not an entirely untrue comment. Very cool, very cool. I write fan fiction as well. So let me ask you, with regard to fan fiction, would you consider that a nice segue for folks in terms of of not perfecting their art but maybe practicing their storytelling I think it's a great place to start I think that if you're a relatively new writer and you aren't quite ready to tackle everything involved in writing your own original piece um, fan fiction is a great way to try one part here and one part there if you like the characters uh, but you want to send them on different adventures then that's a great way to learn about story arc while still having the characters built in for you. If you like the setting, but you want to create new characters and put them into that world, that's a great way to explore character development while having the setting already built in for you. So I think it's a wonderful way for writers to start. Very cool. So do you still write fan fiction? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I really, I really don't. Uh, because so I don't. There's only so many hours in the day, and oh, I'm yeah. sure you can relate to that. Uh, if I'm going to be writing, it's going to be something that I think I can actually sell. Okay. Uh, I love I love fan fiction, and I and if I had more time in my world, I would love to write more of it, and post it out there with other people's. But unfortunately, the few hours that I can devote to writing per day, I've, I've got to be working on something. Very cool. So. You say you find inspiration basically from the things that you read, the things that you watch. What would you say constitutes research for you? Is it that same thing or do you do a little bit more? Um, it is that same thing plus one. I, Whenever possible, I draw on things that I've experienced personally. There are scenes that you will read in some of the books with uh, medical facilities, surgeries, Hospitals, though you know, I had a very, um, I was not a, a healthy kid, so I spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals. A lot of that I draw on my own experience. As I got older and I started really branching into this, I, I really like to, at least to the best of my ability, simulate some of what the characters are doing. Obviously, I can't, you know, really do all of it. I'm not all that physically fit, so unlike you, I can't go and do some martial arts to see how that works. <laughs> Although, although I have taken classes on, you know, from martial artists on fight scenes and how to write them, which I thought was super cool. Um, I have taken shooting lessons. Apparently, I'm, I'm a natural shot, which is kind of neat. I have been trained on how to crack a bull whip, which is all kind of <laughs> And that's a skill unto itself, correct? It is. It is. It's not as easy as it looks. It is absolutely not easy. Um I have paid someone to semi-kidnap me just to just to see how that would be, which was a really cool experience. I was not totally insane. I took an ex, uh, ex-military friend of mine with me who also was kidnapped, pseudo-kidnapped, so that uh, I, I knew I was safe. And I actually had my spouse trailing me in the car behind, well, a few cars behind them with, with a GPS locator just to make sure that nothing uh, weird happened, but I had worked with this company before on some other experiences. So, but it was really neat. Um, you know, they they grabbed us in a park and 
put a bag over our heads and put us in the trunk and off we went and uh, uh, yeah it was it's great for the writing I wouldn't recommend it to the faint of heart but it was really cool wow um, I do <laughs> I do a lot of escape rooms which are great for simulating asylums and science fiction environments and how that that would feel and I can I give a shout out to an escape room of course Is please. That okay? There's a great family-owned one here in Kissimmee called Dare to Escape. And they actually bring in not just the, the props and the settings, they actually bring in smell generators to make the, the different rooms smell like it, an abandoned building or a circus or the hot desert um, to really immerse you when you do them. And it also helps me remember as a writer, oh, hey, I should include smells in my in my descriptions as well so those are the things i do uh as, as research wow that's awesome I, I don't think i've gone that far but now you have my my wheels turning and stuff i'm like hmm once we all get out of quarantine maybe that's something i'm gonna need to do i i love the idea the the, the research the immersion that you do um and drawing on factual things i found myself doing the same thing for one scene in particular where somebody is on a ventilator and on this and I had unfortunately you know seen um, my uh, my mother-in-law uh, in the hospital when she was in that state and then later two months later saw my own mother that way and it, it was weird I was of two minds so I was there on a personal basis and I and I was worried and I was scared and then the analytical side of me was like this is great research pay attention what's here you know, yeah. what are they doing? What's this? What's that? So it, it's true that your life can can impact how it is that you write and what it is that you write. Um, okay. I, I, I like your... You, we have to get together. I really like that research aspect. We might have to do an escape room. Absolutely. Definitely. We need to do like a a, a whole, little, uh, whole little thing. Maybe we'll get a group. Huh. All right. So let me, let me change tactics now. Now, you're a regular presenter whether it's at the library, the local library here in Orange County, whether it's the Florida Writers Association, whether it's, you know, any other number of conferences and conventions, you present pretty regularly on different topics. What are some of the topics that you present on? Uh, well, a lot of that depends on whether I'm presenting alone or if I'm presenting with my spouse. We do a lot of uh, joint presentations as well. If it's just me, I'm probably going to focus on business, on the business side, uh, because that's my that's more my area of expertise. Um, you know, I, I've I've been chasing this dream for a long time, and so I know the query process really well. I've had four agents. Um, I've had two publishers. I you know I, I've been submitted to the big five, and I and I I know how that works, and I know what it's like to to land in a small press, and how that works, and work with a small press. Um, you know, synopses, I'll present on, on writing those things, uh, pitching, I do a lot of, pres- a lot of presentations on in-person and online networking, and some tricks and tips for those. The only craft one that they tend to grab me for is the how to write a sex scene um, <laughs> presentation. I'm not sure, <clears throat> sorry, I'm not sure why that's the one they always pick, but it's certainly the most fun. So if there's going to be a presentation on it, or there's going to be a panel, 
uh, I'm the one they always tap to, to lead that or write those questions. And so many people shy away from that aspect of writing. They, they, they get embarrassed or they're uncomfortable or awkward with it. And I love to write them. So for me, that, that's, that's great. Those are my favorite parts to write. If I'm right, if I'm presenting with my with my spouse, then it, it takes on a different dynamic, and we tend to have different views on a lot of the same topics and a back and forth on how you're right, no, I'm right, that kind of thing, um, all in a very lighthearted and fun kind of way. So, just to clarify, you guys present on different views from that same perspective, different views Correct. on the same topic. Okay. Right. So he's very much a plotter. I'm very much a pantser, that kind of thing. So we'll do a plotting versus pantsing presentation. That's a lot of fun because we argue a lot in a, in, you know, in a very friendly way. Um, he loves to talk about craft. So, you know, because for him, it's, it's a very methodical, planned out process. And for me, it's kind of like, oh, let's see where this goes. This will be fun. Um, and so that's that's more for him. I can't explain how I do what I do because I don't really plan it, but he can. So if he presents with me, uh, it's, a, it's a different experience and a lot of playing off of each other. Huh. Wow. So you just dive down the rabbit hole. I do, yeah. And he's busy measuring how big the rabbit hole is before he dives in. And how deep and how long it will take him to dig it. And, and what's on the other side? Far- yeah, yeah. He's he's he takes months and months to meticulously plan, and I'm like, oh, I have this idea. There's this character. Let's see where it goes, and I'll just jump in and start writing. Wow. So, how many hours a day do you think that you write? I don't know if I could say hours per day because there are just some days where it it, it isn't happening, um, and okay. maybe that's a product of being a pantser as well, but. When I get in it, then it's multiple hours. So I might spend three or four hours in a shot on the weekends per, per day of the weekend, and I might not write more than 30 minutes at a time during the work week just because there's too much other stuff going on. Um, but I also am doing something. You know, I might be promoting or I might be doing an interview or I might be doing a blog post or I might be doing a reading or I might be presenting somewhere. So it's I'm, or I might be revising or editing something that my, my editor's gotten back to me. So it's it's not usually a day without any writing input. It's something is going on every day. Related to your writing. Okay. Well, let me ask you. So I'm sure you, without even realizing, have become a role model to young authors. Um, I, I know you roll your eyes. I roll my eyes too, and then I get confronted with it. And I'm like, I don't know to be embarrassed, proud, or what. So, But I'm throwing it at you. You know that somewhere, somehow, you have become a role model for some folks. Who is your role model? Oh, I don't know. I have too many. Um, obviously, my spouse. Because I could never have done what I've done without him. There's absolutely no way. I'm really competitive, and he's not. But if he hadn't told me one day, hey, you know what, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to get it published, I'm going to do this thing, and it sparked my competitiveness, and I turned around and said, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, (laughs) If it hadn't been for that, I never would have done this at all, probably. I am a huge fan of Linnea Sinclair, who writes science fiction male-female romance, who 
took me, you know, took both me and my spouse on and said, you guys are good and I like you. I'm going to handhold you all the way up until you sign with agents and then I'll let you go. And she literally mentored us from that moment over the next year or two years until we both signed with our first agent. So I, I, she's a tremendous role model and I adore her. And that's one of the reasons I do a lot of presentations is because I, I want to give back what she, what she did for us. Um, as far as influences, um, Emma Caffrey, of course, was a huge influence. Uh, Elizabeth Moon was a huge influence. And there's a number of uh, authors of LGBTQ fiction who are just groundbreaking in what they're doing. M.B. Austin is amazing. Tina Michelle is amazing. Uh, and there are so many more who I've met in the last year now that my work is actually out there and people know who I am that are blazing those trails that I'm just kind of chasing after and trying to, to catch up. Wow. All right. Well, that that's that's impressive. That's impressive to me, and it it makes me feel good that you give back. You know, we've known each other for a little bit now, basically through presenting initially, you know, and then just talking about different things. And you know, I've picked your brain, you've picked my brain, and it's it's just one of those things that we do have in common is that we like to give back because if we can help someone go just that little bit further. That, that just makes me feel good. So um, I'm glad you feel the same way. Now, let me ask you. I have a tagline. Do you have a tagline? My tagline is Deadly Women, Dangerous Romance. Ooh, okay. And it, it, covers, it covers everything I do, uh, whether it's FF, MF, what, what have you. Uh, the women are always very strong, very dangerous, very kick-butt. And you don't want to mess with them at all. And a romance with them is always a risk. So, yeah, that, that, that pretty much sums it up in four words right there. <laughs> I love it. So what would you tell someone who wants to be traditionally published? And maybe they're just, you know, they're just grinding out words right now. Um, maybe they're scared to put themselves out there. What would you, what one thing or two things would you say to them if they want to be traditionally published? First, I would say it is a long, long, long process. Um, patience is your friend. Perseverance is your your sword. Um, it's not likely to be the first book or the second book or the third book that you wrote that's going to get you that agent. It's not likely to be the first book you land an agent for that gets you that first sale. Is it worth it? I think so. I, I, I love where I am right now, and, I, and honestly, I would love to do this right where I am for a long, long time. But I, you know, I signed with my first agent in 2009, and I sold my first book in 2015, and now it's 2020, and now my, my second, you know, my second book came out last year. My next one comes out next week. So it's 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 a long road. It's it's extremely long. So that's the first piece of advice. Um, the second piece of advice I would give is you don't level up until you've written the end. So if you are just starting and starting starting piece after piece after piece, but you're never completing them, you're not gaining those boost points 
you're not you're not advancing your craft until you have pushed yourself through it even if it's a terrible work pushing yourself through a terrible work is a is a tremendous learning experience and getting to the end of a story arc even if you know you're never going to do anything with it is going to increase your skill set tenfold and don't keep trying to, to try to fix something that didn't work yes of course you're going to revise you're going to edit you're going to rewrite but at some point you need to let it go and apply all those new skills that you have leveled up to to something new and you're going to find the next one's going to be easier and faster and better each time each time you do the next book it's going to be better and faster and easier for you at least that's how it works for me and that's how it seems to work for a lot of you wow great advice now you said you have a book coming out next week what's that one um, actually, I guess it's April 7th, so about 10 days. Um, that is Stormfront's book two, which is called Patchwork. And I, I will warn readers to brace themselves. It is an emotional roller coaster of a ride. Uh, and then book three, the final book in the trilogy, should be out next fall. Okay. Is that the one that you're working on right now? That one is written. Uh, I'm waiting on my senior editor to get back to me. I have a fantastic editing staff. They, at, at my publisher, they put me through three rounds of editing for every book, and it's three different editors. So they put you know different people on it, so they get fresh eyes for each round. They are wonderful, wonderful, and they keep you with the same team. And I love all of them so much. And so he's got it. And as soon as he's done with it, he says I should be getting that back in, in a week or so. So. I'll be working on those edits really soon. Wow. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know Saturday afternoon is not always the best time and stuff, but sometimes it's the only time I have <laughs> to do some of these interviews. Um, and uh, let uh, Hubby know that I would love to have him on as well, um, maybe in I, a week or I two. I will absolutely do that. I'll, I'll have to yes, pick his brain, being that plotter too. that he is. I may add a couple questions to him to see if I can trip him up. That'll be fun. Sounds good. All right. Well, he thank would you. Love that. Thank you so much. And folks, for those of you listening, I'm going to make sure to add um, all of her links, all of her social contacts, so you can download some of her books and and have a read and have some fun. And from me to you, signing off from Legion of Writers podcast. Thank you so much. Peace. Mm-hmm.